Man, so you uh, fi- finally made it, finally got to meet you yesterday. Came yeah. And did uh, Muay Thai, right? <laughs> Muay Thai class. <laughs> it's crazy. I have been trying to come to this gym uh, and train for like five, the five years that my store's been open in LA and meet you. And then at ADCC, which is a whole story, and I hope you ask me about it because that's a f- so funny how we even ended up there. Uh, yeah, I was pumped to see you guys had a booth there. Dude, so I was I- like, I was looking for... I don't know, somebody to say, I don't know, hello or whatever. And Dude, you guys were there, too. We so missed like, each it's other It's the there. one bathroom break I took. <laughs> and one bathroom break I took, and then I come back, and Alex, who's our videographer and a former employee of our L.A. store, he, uh, as, as soon as I come back, he's like, Dude, we were so busy, which is great. He's like, but I saw Alberto Crane, and he's like, I, I know you've been trying to like, meet him and introduce yourself. He's like, so I tried to look up and be like, hey, dude, and then... He's like, I couldn't. He's like, because people were like buying stuff. And I was like, shit. <laughs> I was like, shit. <laughs> and so uh, I texted. Uh, it's so York. funny because I was, I was like, I was, I paused and I hung out there for like a few minutes. I was hoping I would, you know, somebody would come up and say hello, you know. And uh, it's so funny that you say that on the opposite. Yeah. Because <laughs> I came back, I was like, shit. It was like the one, it was like a little slow, like the yeah, matches. Because I was jumped. pumped. I was like, oh, super rare. Oh, man, finally get to meet the guys, you know? Dude, it's, that's so funny. But then I finally meet you, and here we are a day yeah. later. Uh, so uh, all's well. A couple weeks later, right? Yeah, yeah. All's, well that, and, uh, all's well that ends well. But it's, dude, ADCC. Like, man. I got, it was great. I, I had such a good time. I hope you did. Oh, man, yeah. I was I was blown away. What I was a blown away. cool thing to see. Like, what was it? 14,000 people all there to see just 14,000 people. And for me, as a jiu-jitsu practitioner, you know, in the 90s, I went down yeah. to Brazil, all that stuff. But, like, the first Nogi tournament that they had, well, it was after ADCC, 1999, 2000. Mm-hmm. So the first one, 98, 99, sorry, ADCC. So they started having Nogi tournaments in 2000. And so the first one I went to was in Vegas. Oh, wow. Like Eddie Bravo, Jake yeah. Shields, like the, you know, the guys, they became, you know, really well known after, right? But, uh, but uh, it's just, it was in a high school gym, right? A local high school <laughs> gym. And, you know, it was like, you know, just a few guys, like the Tapa guys, you know, Tapa yeah. guys uh-huh. when they were around those days, giving just stuff out of the back of their a cars. sprawl shorts. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, but it was just like, man, it was, it was, I was just proud. It was like an honor. To me, for, for me to just to sit there and be there and just kind of take it in and, That's you know, see the guys treated like, you know, like the athletes and the, there was like the Olympics, or they say it's the Olympics of grappling and for them to be treated with the uniforms and just the whole production. I mean, come on, right? Bruce Buffer, the UFC, oh, great. pride announcer. I mean, they, the production Sorry. value was incredible. Uh, it was a little long. A little long, but it's a, that's a vague critique on what was an incredible event. Yeah. You know, it's, uh. That's fascinating to hear your perspective. I mean, I started jujitsu when I was like 22 years old, so way different, you know, perspective from my, you know, that's awesome. You know, for me, I think it's really cool to see that many people into just jujitsu. No one's punching each other. It's just jujitsu. And everybody there was into jujitsu. And they understood. Like, they were clapping for things that people would boo at like a UFC or like mixed martial arts event. So to me, uh, that was just cool to see the community come through. And then and from my perspective, having a booth there, which we didn't know we had until about 15 hours before the 15 event 15 hours before the event. <laughs> Dude, I got, a call, <laughs> I got a call from my business partner, uh, Patrick. And he goes, hey, dude, you think it's worth it to have a table at ADCC? And I was like, absolutely, but it's tomorrow. And, you know, we missed the boat on sponsorships. Uh, I think we would do really well, though. And he goes, well, I just got a call from Seth. And he said that a vendor pulled out. And he's offering us a table. 
do we have enough stuff? You know, because everything's taking a little longer these days. Right, right. Supply He's like, chain. do you think it would be worth it? Do we have enough stuff to make this like worth it? I was like, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, sure. We're there. So I worked in the store by myself that day, as I do on all Thursdays, but then packed up as much stuff as we could spare, threw it in the back of my truck, picked up a videographer and just hoofed it to Vegas. Wow. We had uh, that big super rare banner, the 10 by 10. Yeah. We had that made overnight and picked it up in Vegas. We had it made in three hours. Wow. It was all so last minute. It was like uh, I tried to grab what was like relevant to grappling, but people were coming up to the table and they were like, do you have your new Rocky stuff? Do yeah. You have your new? I was like, yeah. oh, shit. Like we could have. If we had more time, we could have really done it right, which I'm hoping in, uh, what is it, we're in 2022 now, so 2024, uh -huh. uh, we could be like in a proper major sponsor. And like my goal is to build a small version of our store, like our glove wall, our t-shirt wall, our jujitsu section in ADCC. That's my goal. Uh, but uh, the point I was going to make is how many people were from everywhere? Yeah, internationally, was, right? Oh, all over the world. Crazy. Uh, a lot of people from Texas, not just Austin, but like everywhere, all over Texas, Arizona, but like people from not close, man. People flew in from New York. People flew in from all of the Northeast, from the Southeast. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, it was cool just for jujitsu. Like all the competitions I've ever been to and have competed in myself have been in high school gyms or like <laughs> to me, it was cool when like the New York open was at Baruch college in New York. So like, like, oh man, it's not a high school gym. It's a college gym. So like, uh, to see that in arena with all the production value, and right? The with the, the guys' names on the, you know, on the big screen and on the, the surrounding, you know, yeah. uh, LED, whatever things, right. That was like legitimate a, a sport. dream come true. Yeah. Legitimate like, sport. It's like, um, they made it and they did it to be taken seriously as a legitimate sport, which is great. You know, like Dana White gets a lot of shit for like the Reebok deal, which started the Venom deal, which will now be a different brand in however many years. Yeah, yeah. But his philosophy behind it is perfect and ideal. If you want these sports to grow, they have to have some sort of consistency and uni uniform. Yeah. You know, these fighters can't walk out looking like NASCAR cars. You know, like I, I get financially it makes sense for the fighter, but for the sport overall, at the, I think that is the right choice. If I was in his position, I think I would have made the same call too. So it's cool to see jujitsu bring that many people, not combat jujitsu, no variation, no, no like gimmicks, no like, uh, I don't want to call quintet like a gimmick because I, I actually personally really enjoy watching yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, the tag uh, team, uh, yeah, tag but team like matches. Just straight up competitive jujitsu. So I thought that was really Super cool. Super athletic, high level, the highest level, right? Oh, of, of, of yeah, it made me really question what I've learned in jujitsu thus far. So I'm watching these guys and I'm looking at some of the situations some of them got out of or the ones they took advantage of. I'm like, wow, I really know nothing. <laughs> I don't know shit. But it's, uh, it was cool, man. And I'm just really sad I missed you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we, we uh, so yeah, it was, yeah. So, so it was a nice surprise, right? Yeah, was it, I feel like, was it yesterday that we saw each other? Uh, it was two I, days ago. Uh, Monday. Monday, Monday. Even, Monday. Yeah, I'm not even 100% <laughs> sure what day of the week it is. But like, I started talking, it's like, dude, we got to do a podcast. <laughs> I'm in it. Like, uh, you know, it's, um, I uh, put me in front of a mic and with somebody who I enjoy their company, uh, who I respect even more so, I won't shut up. So here I am. Yeah, <laughs> awesome, man. Awesome. <laughs> 
you know, I've been following like Super Rare, right? For for you know, I think on social media, and then you know, I was like, oh man, you know, I'm a big Mike Tyson fan. I got, I think, a Mike Tyson shirt on right now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, just all the Mike Tyson, just all the cool stuff, right? And then I see all my students kind of like wearing all the Super Rare stuff, like for a lot of years, right? And uh, yeah, it's just uh, love all your stuff. You guys do an amazing job. And how did how did this whole Thanks, start. You know, you're from New York City, so yes. you had this f the first store there. You were telling me a little bit. Yeah. So, um, well, thank you. By the way, that means a lot coming from you know, a guy like you who's been in this for longer than um, my brother and I combined, probably, which is amazing. So, thank you. Uh, so my brother started Superwear by himself. Your brother in, in 2011. Okay. Um, he started in 2011, opened the first store on Long Island. At Long the time. Island. I had just, uh, I was a touring drummer before I got into retail, but I used to work retail between tours. And so like, I had a little retail experience, but when I stopped touring, I went, I figured out you can make a legitimate career in retail, like obviously working for someone else. I didn't know that my brother and I would join forces mm -hmm. at, at some point, but you know, retail like anything else is a game. And as long as you honestly show up and just do your job, they praise you like crazy for it. Mm. So like I climbed the ladder in corporate retail ended up being uh, like a store director for like major women's luxury brands. Uh, but at the same time, my brother had this store on Long Island. So I would always give him a lot of shit about how he folded t-shirts. Um, but he did this all on his own. And then he opened up like a... Why did, why did, he, get, why did he choose the, the fight game? And the, you know, that? there was a hole, super big hole in it. You know, ordering this stuff online is... Uh, I've never had a size chart actually work for me, you know, ever. You know, if you go to a look at a, any pull up any brand jujitsu, mm -hmm. uh, any jujitsu brand's gi size chart, it'll tell you like I'm an A2. Mm. I am, I'm like a, a shrunken A1. I'm not an A0, but I'm like I'm a shrunken A1 at best. And so, you know, there's a big market for it. Like it's, yeah, you can order stuff online, sending it back's a pain in the ass, especially in like 2011 before these, you know, sports got as popular as they are. Like mm. they've come a long way even since just then. Right, right. Um, it's almost 11 years now. Wow. Um, it's uh, trying this stuff on, and we only hire people who train, also, which is a cool fact about our stores. Like, the, you can buy it once, not have to deal with shipping anything back, but also get sound advice. Um, but in 2011, those websites and places you would order from were kind of, you know, not super reliable, especially if you did Muay Thai. In Muay Thai, ordering directly from Thailand is still a nightmare in 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dealing with that in 2011 is a whole different ballgame. Uh, so my brother noticed that. He was always into fighting. He trained Muay Thai, so opened up the stores. No retail experience at all. Uh, but Just passion. Just yeah, yeah, like, you really I love can't, this. Yeah. You can't do nothing but admire that. Um, and so then he opened up a kind of smaller location in the Brooklyn Henzo Gracie gym that opened up. Uh, mm -hmm. almost like their pro shop, but it was super rare um, because he was by himself still and he didn't want to open up in New York City by himself, which I don't blame him. Uh, fast forward like a year into having like one and a half or two locations open and he asked me, he's like, hey, you're into this shit. Do you want to go into business together? Like we'll open up in New York City um, and then take over the world from there. I was like, absolutely. <laughs> sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, uh, yeah, it's terrifying. Cause like going from a well-paying job where people love you, um, 
to going to a job that you love where the, you know, it's a question mark for your salary. Mm. Or I don't, I don't mm. know. Uh, hopefully it does well. Um, yeah. It was slightly terrifying, but it never hesitated once. We, so it was me and my brother had uh, his friend Pat, who he knew from Henzo's. Okay. Uh, he is a Fabio Clemente purple belt. Fabio Clemente. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was up. He was there before Henzo. Yeah, he he was. So my dad, I went to high school in New York. Oh, in I Sun Island. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, I was trying to find jujitsu, and Fabio Clemente was a brown belt at the time, and he was there before Henzo got there. Wow. And so he was teaching. He was like a Machado affiliate at the time, that far back, you know. Whoa. And then they had a he had a split from them and joined Allianz because yeah. of I think they were trying to make a movie and they kept asking everybody for money or something like that. I'm not sure. I don't don't. Uh, you know, just hearsay, you know, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but he's a good dude, you know, he was a good guy, you know, um, a straight up guy who's a photographer, right? Um, Something I, like that. I've never trained there before. Okay, okay. I met, um, his kids, mm -hmm. uh, Zata and Veda. Veda, they, yeah. The daughter, yeah, I've seen her compete. They're very good at jujitsu. Yeah. Uh, they've been in the store. They're very kind. Um, Pat, you know, should he have been here or if you run into him, he can probably speak on that for days. He's just training with Fabio for a okay. long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm more familiar with uh, one of his former coaches, Babs, whose nice. last name I cannot even begin to try and pronounce, but he is uh, one of the nicest human beings I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. Either way, my brother, uh, so it was me, Pat, and my brother now. We all joined forces. We closed the Brooklyn location, because it makes sense to have mm -hmm. it, and we opened up in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Lower East Side. Uh, which was cool, you know, like, especially since we're the only fight shop in town, like, Lucky for everybody in the fight community, like we're, we built the whole business on honesty and integrity. So mm. uh, we never took advantage of being the only show in town ever. Uh, like overpriced and stuff yeah, like that. We keep yeah. everything at MSRP, like everything. You know, if, for example, if Hayabusa sells their gi for $139.99, mm -hmm. we sell that same gi in my store for $139.99, not a penny more. Mm. We could charge more, we don't. You know, and we do that because we're also in this community. So, like, uh, our stores are built to look like combat, to be essentially like high-end skate shops, but for fighting. Mm -hmm. You know, and when I say high-end, I mean aesthetically. You know, um, so I'm getting ahead of myself. So we open up in New York, but we open up in New York in a, in a whole different world now. Like, now my brother has somebody who is well-versed in retail. Not that he needed any of my advice on how to display or design the store. I make everything look great, but, uh, but systems and things like that. Too. Yeah. I'm the ops guy. So like when it comes to retail, that end of it, that's, that's my show. But when it comes to the, my brother designs all our clothing, uh, mm, does wow. all the manufacturing gear and apparel, um, all of that stuff. I do all like the retail operations and, uh, the great experience everyone has in our stores. Nice. Uh, nice. But, and I also do a lot of the ordering for the stuff that's not super rare. So like all the other brands we carry, like that's what I make sure. Cause I'm in the stores. I know what's selling really well as far as other brands. Cause we, we think it's important to carry other brands too. Like everything fits differently. That's why stores like ours are important because people don't know the nuances between gloves mm. say. Mm. So like you'll go online and see a one-star review on a Cleto Reyes glove. There is no such thing as a one-star Cleto Reyes glove. There just isn't. It's one of the highest quality gloves you can get. What that person means is that it's a five-star glove that's not for them. You know, they put it on and they're like, oh, I can feel all my punches. Like, yeah, no shit. It's a, it's a Reyes glove. That's the point. That's mm -hmm. why people buy that glove. Yeah. You know, so 
reviews, you don't know who's writing them, you don't know what their acumen is on gloves, like, and things like that. So it's uh, important to come try this on and have someone tell you. Someone comes in, they're like, oh, I really want a pair of Reyes gloves. Absolutely. And then we just through conversation, because my staff is trained uh, by the best, uh, <laughs> on what questions to ask, yeah. especially if someone says they're newer. Uh, pro boxer comes in, like, I want a pair of Reyes. We're like, cool, what color? But like someone who's like, oh, I'm just getting into it. We'll ask like just just to make conversation. Is there anything you're looking for in the glove that is important to you, like better knuckle protection or better wrist support, or do you want to feel more things like that? And you don't know how many times people come in. They're like, oh, I really want a pair of Reyes gloves, and we're like, cool. Is there anything like important? Like, yeah, I'm a surgeon. I really need to make sure my hands are protected. Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, let us steer you in a different direction. Like, if you want, at the end of the day, we can't tell people what to buy. Right. But we try to suggest. We're also very low pressure, but. We open up in New York and all but you know your stuff so you can talk about the different like I, I don't even, you know like I know a little bit but not as much as oh, you guys dude, know I'm all like the different glove gloves and I, I love that you know that's that's what you need right when dude, you're trying to buy and decide what you want what you want to get what you need right because yeah. that guy's a hand surgeon he needs to 100% yeah, <laughs> make sure his hands are protected that happened in New York and but that 100% was a real conversation I had with somebody mm -hmm. uh, verbatim almost mm -hmm. and I was like oh shit dude like please we get a lot here in LA we get a lot of um, guitar players musicians. guitar players there you go um, which is again it's important man it's so we brought what I like to consider a product to the fight game that is just unbeatable. You can mimic it, but you're not me. You know, like you're not going to have the retail acumen or drive that I have in my. You're not going to have my brother's, you know, design acumen. Uh, Pat's more of a financial guy, but mm. he's still the man. I mean, like, <laughs> he's uh, but he's also like the the wild card. Pat is actually extremely good at helping me or helping my brother mm. with whatever. Um, which is kind of dope. But the thing is, is that we brought, we opened the store in Lower East Side. We were originally called East Coast MMA, um, which was cool. You know, that's what my brother named it. We were on the East Coast and East we Coast, were an huh? MMA store. But about two years into being open in New York, we realized that that's a store, you know, but we want to expand to LA, which is what really brought up this conversation. Yeah. Like, you can't be East Coast MMA in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, so we were like, shit we might have to change the name. And so then we started thinking about it more. And it's true. When you think about uh, East Coast MMA, that's the dope fight shop you want to visit in New York. But, you know, we needed to rebrand to be a brand, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know. Also, you'd be shocked how many, like, boxers would see, like, uh, our store and be like, oh, like, that's an MMA store. Uh, I, they don't have boxing stuff. Whereas, no, MMA just means, like, mixed martial arts, but, like, the UFC has gotten so big, it's yeah. now synonymous with, like, MMA is a discipline. You know, like, it is like, at this point. Uh, so, it worked, man. We opened up in New York, and the community embraced us. That's the important part, is, like, the community aspect. So, we mm -hmm. wanted to provide people this kind of representation of the combat sport community to where people who just like our T-shirts come in and they are a little more familiar i've gotten so many people to start training so many because they come in they're like oh you train like i thought it was just going to be a bunch of people like smashing each other's face in i'm like absolutely not like i guarantee you like your kids like pediatrician probably trains in like muay thai jiu-jitsu boxing uh and they're like wow and they're like i didn't know i can do this like yeah of course you can that's really cool so it's like uh to represent the combat sport community as you much make as it you make it cool man well, it's like going to the store. It's the cool stuff, right? To well, wear, you know, like and you're like, oh, I can actually, I can train. You, you can train, man. Are you training? Are you training somewhere? So, I'll never forget this guy. I hope he hears this podcast. I don't know. I can't remember his name, but he was a large man, tall, mm. but like 
400 pounds. And he worked for the city. I, I won't forget that. But he came in, just wandered in. He used to buy our T-shirts, especially when we started carrying 3X. And so he used to buy our T-shirts. And I got him to start training jujitsu at Anderson's Martial Arts in uh, New York City. Mm. Uh, and, dude, I, we didn't see him for like a year. Oh, he came in to buy a gi eventually. He bought a gi. Uh, we found like an A5 that'll fit him. Didn't see him for like a year. Comes back unrecognizable. Guy looked healthy. Like, I, I didn't, but he's like, dude, he's like, it's good to see you. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know if we've met. Like, I'm, uh, I apologize. Like, can you refresh? He's like, tells me. And I'm like, oh my God, dude, you look great. And it's all because he started doing like jujitsu. And Dan also, Dan Anderson, who owns that gym, also does JKD. So he started doing both of those. And that was great. That's like the best success story. Uh, yeah. And it's like to introduce people. And on Melrose, we introduce a lot of like hype beast kids who have their head in the clouds uh, to combat sports. But that's kind of cool too. They're yeah. kind of painful to talk to sometimes. Uh, it's like um, don't have uh, they don't have much to say. But sometimes, man, you connect with one of them, and then they're buying clothes from you in like a week because they joined their local boxing gym because they've always wanted to get into it. But there's something just whether it's intimidation, just due to it's crazy because I always tell people like. It's the least intimidating environment as long as you're not, like, an asshole. Mm -hmm. If you walk in there like a piece of shit, you'll be treated as such. But, like, if you walk in there and talk to – I've never walked into a gym or I haven't walked into too many gyms where I didn't feel welcomed. Yeah. I think when we – like, you know, um, Kevin helps new people out. You know, it's intimidating, I think, for a lot of – most people, I would, I would say. And so it's, like, really important to, like, hold people's hands and you know, make them feel safe, right? Because I guess it is intimidating, you know, yeah. people to walk in. Everybody's cool, right? When, when you know the right most places, right? Most, most places. places. I almost said all, but I'm sure. But it's like one. you know, it's like a, it's a fight club, right? Like mm -hmm. people are like fighting and they're like getting down, right? So it's like really important to make them feel um, like safe and that they can you know hold their hand every step of the way. Yeah, that's it takes why. a lot of courage to just to show up, you know. So that you know, go to your store, right? I can say like, oh, these just clothes, right? But they're like. Oh, like I, I can, I can, I see other people doing it. You meet other people that are doing it. You're like, I want, I want, I want to do this. You know? Yeah, it's funny when these kids when they walk in and they see there's just like the clothing side of it because it's like half clothing on one side, then half gear on half the other gear, side. Okay. Uh, and it's it's a lot. Our glove wall is intimidating. What, what year did you guys open up in LA? So uh, I, I keep bouncing around. I, know, I apologize. It's all good. It's all good. That's like how my brain works. <laughs> um, I've also I'm not a good my influence. body weight <laughs> in, uh, in coffee today. So we're like, we're going to open in LA. We're going to change the name. We're throwing back and forth names. They're all terrible. Like, And then my brother texts me and Pat, and he's like, super rare. Hmm. And, like, super rare fight goods. And I was like, I like that. What does it mean? And he's like, it, it's technically superare, which is an Italian word to overcome or to supersede. So mm. it's exactly what we're about. It's like fight adjacent. You know, it's not like uh, just bleed MMA. Yeah, 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 you yeah. know, somebody who doesn't train could wear this shirt. Mm -hmm, 100%. Because mm -hmm. I like the store and they, you know, mess with us. But like, uh, and people who do train can wear this shirt not broadcasting to the general public that they're into combat sports, but someone passes by them that might train, be like, hey, where do you train at? Because that's the, that's like the, that's the uh, one thing that makes people immediately friends. Like I've, uh, it's just you see somebody, like I used to do it on the train all the time, see somebody with gloves hanging out of their bag or like cauliflower ear, be like, oh, like, I also have like a slight agenda. If they're not familiar with my store, I do usually give them a business mm -hmm. card, call it my subway pitch, but uh, I go, where do you train? immediately makes people uh, comfortable with mm -hmm. you. It's like fascinating. 
Like, oh, where do you train? Because it's different than saying, oh, do you fight? Like, like if you're wearing, like, a jiu-jitsu shirt, someone's like, oh, you fight? That person's likely an asshole. But, like, someone's like, oh, dude, where do you train at? Like, oh, I train at, you know, fucking Henzo's. Like, cool, I train at Marcellos, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, how long have you been training for? I've made so many random friends who shop at the New York store now on the subway doing that. On uh, the subway, it's, huh? It's, like, a very cool yeah. community, man. And that's what we're, again, like, what we try and broadcast to the world for those who know who are in it and for those who aren't, you know, like people ask, uh, ask me what I do, especially I just got engaged. So I'm meeting a lot of Congratulations. people. Oh, thank you. I'm meeting a lot of people from my uh, fiance side of the family. She's from out here. So they always ask me what I do. And I say a combat support lifestyle store, combat life, uh, combat life lifestyle store. Yeah. Like a combat sport lifestyle sport, store. combat sport. Yeah, because it's like a think of like a surf shop. Yeah, you yeah, walk yeah. in, you can get everything from a, a beginner surfboard all the way to like the Al Merricks and the town and countries and the nice stuff. Um, and then, you know, apparel that coincides with that lifestyle. It's exactly what we are. But we're the only thing that's like that. So no one knows what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> They're like, cool. What? What is that? And usually my follow up is think of like the nicest, like high end skate shop you've ever been into. But for fighting. So we agree on super rare. We rebrand, which is also terrifying a little bit, you know, like we're switching the name. We got a lot. So we, we do that. Goes all, it goes well. And then we open up in L.A. in 2018 on my 29th 2018. birthday. On January 13th, 2018. That was crazy, too, because I've never seen the space. My brother flew out here, sent us videos and stuff. Uh, it looked great. I love the space we're in on uh, towards like the quieter side of Melrose. Um, and so. We, I land the day after Christmas with my brother. Store's still under construction. Our Pat flew out and did a great job getting everything set up for the most part. But, you know, we have no investors. It's just us. Like, we have no outside money. It's Bootstrapping just at all? 100%. We do a lot ourselves. It's funny because I'm pretty it's, sure uh, a lot of people will be shocked. That's the vibe. Right? I, you know, like, it's like it's like heart and soul, you know? Yeah, uh, this is, like, the, passionate. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, you don't do... Whoever said if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life is out of their freaking mind, dude. If you do what you love, you work every day of your life. I want to be super clear that about that. You don't hate, uh, you, you don't hate it, but yeah, like right. yeah, it's still it's work all the time, man. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, uh, so we open up and uh, we we land. We're still under construction. Nothing has arrived yet. All of our shipments from Thailand, from like all the everything is not here. So like, uh, it all arrives at once. It was a whirlwind of a two weeks because my brother announced that we were going to be opening on January 13th, which is my birthday. I was like, we are nowhere near. We're still waiting for stuff. And you don't want to have a soft opening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, nope, grand opening party. So I was like, cool, I got to put this. I didn't sleep for, I fell asleep on the sales floor uh, one night. But we, yeah, we, we made it happen. But uh, we opened up in LA on that date to being welcomed by a lot of people. We had a lot of people vouch for us, which was cool, uh, from New York. From New York. Um, to some of like the guys out here. So people knew that we weren't like scam artists, uh, which is nice. And that we're like about this life. Mm-hmm. Like we're in this community yeah. and that's really what we care about the most. And so it worked out. Like, uh, we've been open here now for five years. We were closed for four months out of those five years, but during the pandemic, Oh God. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, and then got looted in the middle. I of saw the it. video. That wasn't great, but you know what, man? There were three kids that came in and yelled at everybody who was looting our store mm. and made them put stuff back. We still lost almost everything, but some of those kids they put stuff back. They could have destroyed back. it, right? Oh, they, they could have. Oh, poor Tokyo, LA, which was like this like uh, anime style yeah. like, store. A few uh, between us and round two, which is like a hypebeast store. Mm. 
poor them. They didn't really steal anything from them. They just demolished their store trying to get into round two. So round two had already boarded up. I guess they were like, saw this coming. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Boarded up and they couldn't get in. So they tried breaking through the roof. When that didn't work, they broke into Japan, LA, broke everything and broke through the wall. Oh my God. I've never seen anything like it. Our store was like an afterthought. Uh, we I watched it on the camera. It was the same day. Because uh, I think, I, I think yeah, yeah, Burns. I remember seeing you guys were watching them going to your store, right? Live. Oh, yeah. um, I, I was, and there's nothing you could do. No, nothing. Like, uh, <laughs> I was watching the fights. Like, literally, the moment the first bell rang for the round one is when Tyrone, uh, they like ripped our gate down. Like, I watched the whole setup, I watched the entire thing. Like, uh, our friend who owns a clothing company called Dope, or used to rather, mm-hmm. on Fairfax, we j- had just done a collaboration with them. So Rob, I believe, had texted my brother or posted on Instagram one of those things that he got cleaned out. And so Jesse, uh, my store manager and my LA store is from here too. He was following the whole thing. So he was like giving me live updates. He's like, they're on Fairfax and Melrose now. They're going you know, east on Melrose, like heading towards the store. But no one was really breaking into our store. It mm-hmm. looked like this was very coordinated down mm-hmm. to what stores they were going to be breaking into. Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like from what I could see with no audio on the cameras. However, these three little, like, couldn't be older than 15 years old, like, pull. we had one of those stupid accordion gates like that a lot of businesses out here have, which is crazy to me. The first thing we said, we were like, yo, can we replace this gate? And the landlord said no. So we were like, okay, this will keep out nobody. Mm-hmm. This is like the illusion of security. Right, right, right. So these kids went like this and saw it had a little give. So he looks at, he says something to his friends and I'm like, Oh God, don't. Here and they go. just one, two, three. And then the whole gate came down. They threw a hammer through the front door. We still have the dent in our floor and the dent in our display table from where the hammer went through, hit the floor and bounced off and hit the table mm. as a reminder, I guess. I don't know. I can't fix either. So it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, yeah, then they ran in, stole everything. But three guys came in and yelled at people. Not only did they yell at people, it's interesting, they, huh? They tried to put our gate back up and like prop it up with like the trash can that's on mm. our corner, mm. which I think is very nice. And yeah. I'm still trying to find out who these three people are. And then the gate fell down. Round two of looting, people come running back in. These same three guys come running in and pull people out of our store. So like, I don't know how far is uh, Fortune Boxing from you? Oh, it's like five blocks away. They're on Fairfax and Melrose. We're okay. on Melrose a little more towards uh, La Brea. Okay, gotcha. Uh, well, Melrose and Poinsettia. Um, they're not far at all. Um, but then the second round came and then... Oh, God, yeah. So the second round came. I don't think Fortune was there yet when okay. all this nonsense was happening. Maybe they were. I think, yeah, they were... Because I remember they were camping. They, were, they, were, they, stayed, over, they stayed overnight, you know, to oh, protect man. their place. You Jeez. Know? That has to be so stressful. <laughs> I really like Justin and yeah, Tamara. That yeah. has to be so stressful. I'm so glad I was in New York when it happened because <laughs> I like to think that I can think rationally. Yeah. In that moment, I don't know how rationally I would have been thinking. So I'm glad I was in New York at least. But flew out a few days later to fix the store. Uh, but round two happens, and then these same three kids come. They yell at everybody. Everyone leaves, and they like bring back like thigh pads that people like just took and we're like, what the fuck is this? And like mm. threw them on the street. So they, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the, uh, they, they took the thigh pads and like, like random one boxing glove if they found it and like threw them back in the store. And they're like, those kids get a discount for life in our stores. I just don't know who they are yeah. or where they came from or why they did that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was wild. They had love though for, 
for maybe i mean like we like yeah it was very it was all very confusing especially being able to see the setup to it like we saw i saw a car pull up uh pull up right in front of our camera right in front Mm. of our store not for our store but an older gentleman came out and was handing out like bludgeoning weapons to uh like younger looking kids like Hmm. break windows and stuff like that an older gentleman it was like an older guy uh, huh. And I was like, "What is like? What is this? Like, it was clearly coordinated." <laughs> Antifa. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm not one to speculate or anything like that. But it's like, on your cameras, right? <laughs> it, 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 yes, it was definitely. I don't know if I saved that video, but it was on our camera. I watched it in real time, and I remember looking at uh, the girl I was dating at the time, who was with me, and I was like, "Yeah, look at this." Like, he's like, "This is like people came from out of town." Yeah, you know, the the news has reported that, but like this was a planned thing. Like he had an pr- actual protest going on over here, and went put the police there, and then no police were here, so yeah, you know, it went on for however long it went on. But either way, we've been open in LA for five years, and it's been great. You yeah, know, like it's nice to have a store in a climate that doesn't have real winter. Uh, I have become a little bit of a snowbird, but the it's cool. I really like there's so many gyms out here mm-hmm. in comparison, like coming from New York, where yeah. a lot of them went with the pandemic, which sucks. They're starting to pop open more, though. It's like a new generation of gym owners coming up in New York City. A lot of the guys I knew to be like local, local like Muay Thai fighters or MMA fighters are starting to like open up their own gyms, mm. um, which is really cool to me. I'm interested to see how the combat sport community goes in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, because some big gyms went like uh, closed up. Um, I don't know why they closed up. If it was pandemic related, or just like screw this. Uh, but some big ones closed up in New York, so it's a lot less. But out here, man, there's like can't drive ten feet. Well, that's an exaggeration. Can't drive ten miles without running into some sort of combat sport like gym, which is really cool. I've heard that uh, SoCal or LA is uh, per capita has the most like martial arts gyms. I believe that. You know, I'm, uh, I'm not sure since the pandemic, you know, if that's still true, but, you know. It seemed like... Between all the, you know, traditional martial arts and everything else, you know. So that's one thing L.A. has over New York all day long is, like, the karate and the taekwondo um, community here is mm. extensive. You know, in New York, you do karate when you're a kid because your parents want some extra time after school, kind of. Like, I'm sorry to anybody who does karate <laughs> seriously in New York. Like, that's cool. Like, do your thing. Yeah. Um, but, like, that is how I knew karate, you know, and, and taekwondo and things like that. Um, but that's that's the – out here, it's a whole different ballgame. Out here, like, our first store manager ever in our L.A. store, Kenji, who's now a doctor. Um, he's a doctorate. That's why he's no longer a store manager. Mm. Um, he, uh, he was a big, like, Kyokushin guy. Um, still, to this day, competes um, – I think I saw he competed. I'm not sure. Either way, it's like he explained, gave me the whole rundown when we first opened. I was like, wow, like it's, it's a completely different world in New York. Which is cool. So, yeah, I am not surprised at all that from probably Los Angeles down to the end of California, there's the most gyms. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it uh, seems like a perfect uh, perfect fit when I appreciate, we appreciate, you know, all this, all the students that always come in with the with super rare gear, you know? I mean, and, thank uh, you. That's <laughs> testament to you guys, man. Yeah. Thank you. I, a lot of people. And they brought, they bring in the, the coupons and it's just cool, you know? It's, dude, it's a we cool. We always go uh, out of our way to make sure we represent the gym that sends us people or yeah, the coach that sends yeah. us people as much as we represent our own brand in the store too. Like if you sent you know, one of your students to us, like we, it's in our, in my opinion, in the way our staff is trained, it's their job and my job 
to further confirm their decision to train with you, you know, mm-hmm. and train here. Also, your students are lovely. Like, there's never been someone who's come in from Legacy who's been a dick. Uh, and they all speak so highly of you. You should know that. Oh, thank you. And thank you. also all of your other coaches here as well. Uh, Andy's my homie. I very much like him. He teaches a great class. That's mm-hmm. the first time I've ever trained with Andy. And what I appreciate is that he forced me to do all the combinations of Southpaw, which uh, my brain just shut off. I, I forgot how to Getting ice. out of your comfort zone, right? Oh my. Like, no, I don't want to do that. He goes jam. He's so, so enthusiastic. He's like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> well, like, I, I love that. Like, I, uh, I very much enjoy being out of my comfort zone as much as I hate it in the moment. But, mm-hmm. like, he goes jab when I'm southpaw. I threw a cross, which is my normal jab. And he goes, no, like, jab. He goes, you jab with your front hand. And in my head, I was like, he's he, I mean, fuck. Like, I know. <laughs> I, I know, but my whole brain shut off. It's crazy. But I got better, like, you know, because he made me do it. I got better at it as the t- as the class went on. Yeah, it was cool. Like I really enjoyed his class. But the awesome, you know, I always um, thank you for having me that day. By the way, I, I very much enjoy this gym, and it's like impressively large. Like you, you when you're parking your car, you're like, I don't know what to expect. I've been in here before the other day, but like, wow, dude, you built an awesome spot. Thank you. Um, the but yeah, Team, man. Teamwork makes the dream work. We have an amazing team, you know that. They work, everybody works really hard, you know, and to, for the greater good, you know, to help people yeah. be their best. That's kind of what this does is help people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, uh, that's one of the coolest things about combat sports. Like, um, it's just how it impacts people's lives. And just even somebody whose life doesn't need any impact, their life is positively impacted. For sure. Which is kind of dope you know like all types of people right yeah dude i was fine i wasn't like aggro i wasn't like uh super um introverted i wasn't like a dick uh Mm -hmm. but when i started doing jujitsu it made me more patient for sure uh in business and like in decision making Mm. um maybe more analytical it's uh it's awesome and like what it does for people who suffer from like you know, depression. Or mm-hmm. I am the most anxious person in any room for no reason. Like, for no reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really does help. It really does help, man. It's like, uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like the, what do they say, like the dopamine rush when you're training. I don't know if it's just doing something. It's a lot of things, right? A lot of all those hormones, the, the friendships, the how you feel being around others, right? The, 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 the you know, the touch, right? The, the yeah. The, the, the being the minds, you know, you have to be totally in the moment, in the present, right? When you're when you're fighting, right? That's that what meditation, moving me. meditation. You're not thinking about anything else, right? That's what I think does it for me and my anxiety is that there is nothing else going through my mind other than the task at hand, mm-hmm. and that's hard for me to do, like personally. So like I, I have to like police myself to stop working. That's the worst part about having no boss or being your own boss is n- telling yourself to stop. Mm. That's hard, man. Uh, I, I was going to ask you, like, your parents, you know, like, how do you stop? I'm always interested in, like, what did, what did your, like, what, you grew up in New York. Uh-huh. You grew, grew up in, in Long Island? I grew up in Rockaway Beach, so Rockaway. Queens. Queens, okay. Yeah. Uh, my parents were, owned beauty salons. So okay. my dad was a hairdresser, and my mom, they both owned it, but my mom, my mom ran it. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Uh, um, and so I grew up 
hanging out in the salon. I used to like, but I was a little hustler. I used to like take their shampoo and build a table like this outside mm. of it and mm. sell their own shampoo outside all cash to their customers. Uh, um, so like my parents were business owners growing up, which have proved to be great now because they, especially since 2020, have been able to provide like a lot of good just insight. Mm. You know, like uh, a lot of good insight because they've been through a lot. They've been through two recessions. Uh, they've since sold the okay. business and like they're I'm holy yeah, my mom's a teacher. She also okay. she is a library media specialist and uh um does a lot of really cool work with kids that don't get a ton of attention. Okay. Uh, cool. from other people. And so she's uh the smartest woman I know. And I'm hoping they retire soon, but my dad's essentially retired and my mom is still teaching, but they sold the salon since. So just their insight of dealing with what they've dealt with as business owners has, if anything, provided uh, not just clarity, but like comfort in like a weird way. It's just like sometimes you feel like you're on an island when you own your own business. Like I'm the only one experiencing this issue or supply chain issues and yeah, all that crap. That. And then you're like, wait a minute, the whole world is. And yeah. like this isn't anyone's first rodeo. Like businesses have gone through this uh you know this nonsense of being shut down for four months like right and expected to pay rent still like crazy shit um they uh they've that that experience that they have is coming clutch i mean man like new york city right new york city was the city was was shut down mm -hmm. right essentially yeah oh i mean same thing it was just like here just smaller apartments and less outdoors but space. like the because you had a shop right and yeah in the, in the city mm -hmm. still right when you had the la store yeah so um, and then all that was going on during the you know the 2020 mm -hmm. and so the everything city was, was like down. everything was like a ghost town right yeah. in a way i was in new york for the lockdown i wasn't here because uh, I lived in New York full-time then. I live out here full-time because my brother and Pat are in New York. And so okay. it's, it's, uh, it, was, it was something, man. I'll never forget. So I was riding my – I wouldn't get on the subway because if anything I've learned in New York is that when shit like that hits the fan, you just don't get on the subway. It's a really good way to get stabbed. So, stabbed. Uh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> dude, the subways were popping off during the lockdown. Like I, I wouldn't get on. So I used to ride my bike – to uh, Chelsea a lot in the city. So like kind of by Marcelo's like 26 mm. and like the west side. And so it was pouring rain. I was riding my bike through the rain over the Brooklyn Bridge, which if you're on a bicycle, you never ride your bike over the Brooklyn Bridge and any other circumstance other than New York City being shut down because tourists don't, who don't speak English are just walking willy nilly in the bike lane. It's like a really good way to just ruin your day. You're yelling at people who don't understand English, so they're, you know, you could be from all over the world because it's the Brooklyn Bridge. Except that day, nobody was there. No, so I'm <laughs> I'm riding up this. I, I'm like I used to live right next to the Brooklyn Bridge, so I'm okay. like, you know what? New York City shut down. Like rather than ride to the Manhattan Bridge, let me just ride over Brooklyn, the Brooklyn yeah. Bridge right here. Like it's pouring rain, no one's gonna be on it. That was exactly it. Uh, for like probably the only time in my entire life, hmm. I was the only person on the Brooklyn Bridge. And when I got down to the other end, to the Manhattan side. There's always a police officer on both ends, mm. even during a lockdown, apparently. Mm -hmm. And so he go, he stops me. He's like, "Hey," and I'm like, "Oh, I'm am sorry. Like, should I be inside? Like, I don't I don't know really the rules of this lockdown. It's been like two days." And he goes, "No." He's like, "I don't know if you've noticed, but you were just the only person on the." Br I was thinking <laughs> it, and I was like, "Oh, so yeah, dude, I was just thinking that." He's like, "It's probably a once in a lifetime thing, man." He's like, "I was thinking of walking up there just to say I was too." And I was like, "Yeah." 
I was like, I'm going to go because I'm soaking wet, but like, eh, thanks for pointing it out. So wow. it was bizarre. Wow. Dude. I'll never forget riding up Sixth Avenue right after that. Wow. And there was like, um, this is also a little heartbreaking, but there was like a, like a homeless guy in a, in a wheelchair. He didn't need the wheelchair because he was moving himself around with his legs. Uh, maybe he needed it. I don't know. Who am I to, who am I to yeah. speculate? But either way, he was, doesn't have a TV. He was just pushing himself with his legs in this wheelchair on West 4th Street just yelling at the top of his lungs, like, where is everybody? And I was like, this is like some... End of the world. Yeah, like post-apocalyptic shit. <laughs> in the city. That, that shook yeah. me for a day, because this was like right at the beginning. No one knew what was happening. No one That's knew crazy. what COVID was. And I'm like, I, I, I get to where I was going. I was like, yo, like, this might be serious. Like, oh, what's happening? Man. You know, we never closed the gym, really, right? And we closed on... We had, I think they announced it at the next day, but I was, we were trying to decide what to do, right? Like, Marcelo and all these guys were, like, closing up. And so I was like, you know, I wanted to be sure I was making the right decision. I was like, okay, we, we better close up. We closed up, right, on the Saturday. And uh, on the Monday, they, they closed everything up on Sunday. On Monday, I was here, on you know, on Victory Boulevard, right here with, with my friend, my Brazilian friend, Alexandre. And we have our espresso at 11 o'clock and we're just, usually it's packed. There's no room, right? There's no, you can see all these cars coming in and out. And we're just sitting there. There was no cars in the street. The, the coffee place across the street was open. Our cafe was open, let's say jungle. But there's nobody in the street. No cars driving by. It was like the end of the world. Yeah. It was the end of the world. And we're just sitting there like, all right. All right. <laughs> and, you know, we have a routine, right? We're like, you know, and so like, you know, what are we going to do? You know? So I just started a random, cause I teach at noon, a random Facebook live, you know, uh, thing, you know, for, on Facebook just mm -hmm. to kind of whatever, just kind of connect. And I don't know, it seemed it, like the right thing to do. You know, it was, I, I was here <laughs> and then I shifted over to zoom, you know, and all that. But I just, I, I'll never forget that moment. You know, it's funny too. One, one of the guys, guys, uh, Casey, I'll never forget that conversation too. On the Saturday, he was the last guy in the gym. He was hitting the bag, and I was like, I walked by, and you know, just turning on, the, turning off the lights, and we're like, we're like, what's gonna happen? You know, what's gonna happen? And I don't know, I don't know, what's gonna happen, right? Yeah, and so I, that that was the question for you, like, like what, what were you thinking? What's gonna happen? And all the, the stories, all that hard work, right? All those years, oh, you give dude. up your corporate to you know go into to I this. Been damned if anyone. <laughs> put us out of business that wasn't my own poor decisions you know like if i put us out of business okay yeah I'm gonna learn from my mistakes and yeah. figure it out in the future but i'm not letting something i cannot genuinely control put me out of business mm -hmm. there's no way i mean we've you never decision I, I never worked harder on anything in my life than those four months is making sure our you know our website blew up because mm -hmm. no one could leave people mm -hmm. were training at home our website was popular before but it was insane so like i was able to so that was one of the pluses huh yeah that's instead what kept of being us, a you know being yeah dude that's what kept us alive like that's why like essentially stores are closed so like the websites what we had a made sure everything went out usps who we used was dropping the ball heavily because COVID. i mean they and had to abide by the rules so right. everything was slower i uh it was a whole thing but we made it you know like we made it it's we're upgraded the website yeah I mean, things better that's a whole yeah that's what we did and then uh, it was just one of those things where now that we're back open, there are still issues caused by COVID that are still happening now. Like the ports are all screwed up. Like yeah. uh, the production is still super slow. 
brands that we carry that are all handmade, like the Fair Texas and the Winnings and the, like a lot of the Thai brands and, and the Winnings, <laughs> they're all, their production's even slower. They're still catching up. So we still got a long way to go before things are like Normal. business as usual. And I'm not like sitting there, you know, you know, sitting there trying to figure out what the hell port congestion means and why, you know, our shipment has been, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Yeah, I'm involved with the, the fitness brand TacFit. Yes. Right. And so we we import and ex- import really from from you know different places. So I, I understand. Yeah. I understand. It's, it's something that. It, <laughs> One thing is just the delay of them sending it, right? But yeah. then the delay of it's here at port, but it's we have know, no information for you. That, you're right. uh, yeah, that's it. It's it's out there for like a couple of months, right? Usually it's like you know, boom, it, turn around, boom, it's in, and yeah. then they're so backed up because nobody's working at the port, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That it takes like I don't know how long for it to get through. Forget if it's flagged or anything. Oh, God, forget if it's flagged. Like, that's a whole other thing, that's right? That's a whole other thing, man. But it's just like like and one month, two months, three months, six months, right? <laughs> all it takes is one mistake on like the on the paperwork, and it can, it can get flagged like that and hold it up for a, a few weeks. So. I'm just really thankful that <laughs> I don't – that's my brother's day-to-day, and I hope he hears this and he knows that I respect the respect. hell out of him for dealing with that. Uh, I'm the one that'll shoot him a text, which is probably very frustrating for him. And I know it is, but I also need the information. Yeah. But hey, any update on you know this shipment? Like, I, you know, I followed up yesterday. It's like still sitting on a boat waiting to be you know unloaded. You know, it sucks. I don't envy that he handles that, but that's not easy. But it's definitely still something a lot us and not just us like every business yeah, is yeah. really everybody's still used to the supply with. chain things you know it's, it's, it's like it's everybody's be like waiting that. it's all good you know yeah it's gonna be used like to that it now. for a little bit it's like uh, I'm just hoping it goes away <laughs> you know because I'd, I'd like to um, I'd like to stop stressing about that uh, but it's you know I'm just I'm happy that the commu- combat sport community messes with us enough to help us get through this yeah you know like that is one thing that really shows up um is that we're still here you know like i said we don't have anyone else's this is all us right? we have no investors so you know it's cool it's really cool man and to continue to grow it's just something we're really focused on still uh, throughout all this you know i remember seeing uh well one of the first times i noticed you guys was uh, online probably during the pandemic <laughs> Ramped up the, well marketing. the yeah like the the paper ads on mm-hmm. social media and stuff you know but you guys had i was uh, you know pay attention to the you know the look and the you know the what, what you had right the stuff and it was it was cool you know Thanks. it was like yeah it was like i think you had mike tyson gear maybe we used to have we used to be the exclusive retailer of roots of fight roots uh, of so fight. we okay. did have Mike Tyson stuff, but Mike Tyson has since uh, pulled his license from all his licensees and makes his own stuff now. He does gotcha. collaborations, uh, which uh, I would love to do one with Mike Tyson, uh, being all born and raised New Yorkers. Yeah. Uh, but we, no one has Tyson stuff except Tyson. Uh, we have the Ali license. What well, once we um, stopped carrying Roots of Fight was because we had we went out and got the Ali license, the Bruce Lee license. Bruce Lee, okay. Um, yeah, I, I know you like Bruce Lee. Yeah, I don't yeah, be yeah. sold out of all of it. We have new stuff coming. I got you. Cool. Uh, we have Ali, Bruce Lee, Street Fighter, which has been really, you know, because the idea is to be fight adjacent. You know, like you don't need to train to wear an Ali shirt. You don't need to train to wear a Bruce Lee shirt. You don't need to train to wear a Street Fighter shirt. But people who do train typically gravitate towards that kind of stuff. 
And so it's nice to appeal to both markets. But the Street Fighter license is one of my favorites. Uh, that's been doing really well for us. Um, we just released our Rocky collaboration. Oh. So we have uh, we now have the Rocky Balboa license. All right. Um, Don't be hating, Kevin. I'm a nerd, man. I'm a, I'm a Rocky Balboa nerd and all these, you know. I, I, it's so funny, right? It's like, man, don't you get enough of this stuff? You know, yeah. I'm like wearing it still on my... <laughs> No, dude, and, you know, it's like, it's like I said, it's a lifestyle, man. But, like, what's cool about Rocky is that Oh, we, my God. <laughs> what's cool about Rocky is that we also have the Leroy Neiman license, who is the artist that did a lot of the Ali Frazier posters. A lot, he did a lot of artwork surrounding Muhammad Ali in general and mm. boxing in general. Uh, he also is the artist that did, like, in, at the end of Rocky Three, when Rocky and Apollo punch each other and they turn into a painting. That's Leroy Neiman. And because we have the Ali and the Frazier license, it makes sense to have the Leroy Neiman license because no one really else does. And so we can do like uh, use all his artwork. We're, so our Rocky stuff is all this first line is based around the Leroy Neiman artwork that he did, including the uh, last frame of Rocky three, mm. which no one's really ever done, at least licensed before. Uh, but it's cool. So we have those. And then I feel like I'm forgetting one. Uh, Joe Frazier, but we got a lot, and you know, and then we also come out with our own stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, and like discipline specific stuff, which is our own as well, like jujitsu versus everybody. Like we own those words, so we make a lot of that stuff. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like doing. We like to do like put a streetwear kind of flair on combat sports stuff, which no one really does. I'm sure maybe some more people will start doing now that I'm on this podcast, but uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, the first people that I feel like did it right was like Roots, Roots of Fight, you know? Yeah. The, um, um, like the quality with the sizing chart and, mm -hmm. and, and just the quality of the stuff too, you know, the yeah. shirts and things like that. The uh, And then cool designs, you know, that you could like wear out. And, you know, I guess it would be affliction, right? Tr was, w but it was never my style, you know? It was too same. like gaudy, you know? That's what we tried. Like, I, I, I really like Tom uh, for the record. He's been very nice to me. Uh, but not my style either. Yeah. We wanted to do the opposite, more understated, you know, like um, kind of like your favorite band's T-shirt. Like I'm not trying to go out and like, uh, uh, you know, make a statement. But like, you know, if you did, it's like if so, make a statement to the right people. Man, never is it, that was because it had Samuel Samuel Braga. He's the guy who kind of developed that Bolo game. He was here a few weeks back, and uh, and uh, um, I used to train with. At Team Quest with Dan Henderson, yeah. you know, so and he was a big gym too. Yeah, yeah, back in when I was fighting MMA, and uh, he was sponsored by Affliction, and so they would give him all this stuff, you know, and he would hook up all those guys, you know, and Sam Bragos was with me. He's a, he's a small, really talented, you know, world champion uh, Brazilian guy, mm -hmm. and he got like a whole suitcase of Affliction gear because I I didn't like he he gave it to me too, but I I didn't I didn't like. Yeah. You know, I don't lie. I wasn't. It wasn't my style, you know. Mm -hmm. But he got his whole suit. I'll never forget it. Like a whole suitcase of affliction gear. And it was like, you know, it's expensive, yeah. right? It was expensive. It wasn't cheap. So uh, that, he wore it for like. I remember seeing him wearing it for years. You know. <laughs> That's funny. But I was like, I, I always liked that stuff, but just the right style. So I really appreciated when Roots of Fight came out with their stuff. And then once I started seeing your guys' stuff too, you like yeah. on on the paper ads you know and then just seeing you guys are like you've started evolving and you know just getting better and better and better right with i appreciate seems, that seems, i know my like brother it, you know? will tell me to tell you thank you as well because yeah. he, he really designs all of it uh, oh wow he'll send it to me and pat just for like thumbs up thumbs down what do you think mm. uh but it's all him like wow. really the, uh, everything from our gloves to our shin guards to our headgear to 
our t-shirts, our joggers, like the whole nine. It just does it all. Um, it's cool, you know? And it's like as Roots of Fight moves more away from fighting and they're going more into like what? Baseball and Baseball and like and civil rights and stuff like oh, that. Okay. Um, you know, it's just more space for us, you know, like, uh, which is cool because I personally. It's uh, interesting, right? They're doing like f- football and baseball and just kind of. Um, what, what other thing? Uh, I see. I just see that a lot more, you know, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's like barely it's the thing. fight stuff, uh, which is cool. I, I'm not opposed to it. What, what kind of sports do you like? Just uh, football, fighting, hockey. Okay, hockey and, and football. Yeah. Okay. You know, besides, once I, I, I used to play soccer. I, you know, went to high school in New York City and Staten Island. Yeah. You know, I lived in the city for six months. I was going to say, where then, did you play soccer in high school? And I realized went to the Staten final Island. four, actually, of the city. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, and uh, what was I going to say? Um, oh, yeah. the You know, I played soccer. But once I started doing jujitsu and then got into the fight, the f- fight stuff, you know, all I watch is combat stuff. Yeah. Whether it be, you know, jiu-jitsu, MMA, boxing, kickboxing, whatever, fight stuff. Unless World Cup soccer, which is happening this year. Is, is that this year? 2022 Qatar. Oh, jeez. They have it this year. Usually it's in the summer, but this mm-hmm. year because it's in Qatar and they can't play in the summer, so they're playing in like November, December. So World Cup soccer and Summer Olympics. And the reason why I love um, World Cup soccer is because... I mean, you, I don't know if you've been in different countries when they have the World Cup playing. It's crazy. It's crazy, right? So I used to live in Brazil for many years. But just I also grew up in Germany. So, like, I, you know, I've been around it. And I just love how everybody gets behind, you know, their country. You yeah. rep- you're those those guys on the squad. They're representing to the death, right? Their uh, country, their people. I experienced and it so, once in my life. And so everybody, everything's on your shoulders. It's just so cool. It's, it's so cool. I used to. It's so cool. I, I experienced once in my life. When you uh, when you lose, like you like you let everybody down, you know. When you win, you're like you're on. T- they're passionate. So I, mean, I, I don't follow soccer, and so like the only you experience feel like you let I had down. is that I used to date this girl from Germany years ago. Mm. Oh, uh, whenever Germany won the World Cup uh-huh, in Brazil, this last one. Uh, was that the last one? Mm-hmm. So that Germany won. Yeah. So was that like four years ago? More. Last so yeah, it was the one before that. One before that, yeah. Well, well, yeah. Either way, she takes me to this German bar in the West Village in New York to watch the final. The the final. It was the great. I got when they won. I got picked up by this dude who I did not know. He just put me on his shoulders. He's running around I'm like I'm gonna die tonight. But this <laughs> is crazy. Uh, it was cool to see. Like mm. they were, they were all. They kept coming up to me because I was clearly not German. And they'd be like, "Who are you rooting for?" And I'd be like. Germany. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, soccer, I just it wasn't a big thing in my household. So yeah, I just yeah, never yeah. got, but I can appreciate any uh, any high level sport like anyone else. So I was yeah. watching it. I was like, this is great. Uh, there's a lot on the line, but you're outside of that. It's the only time ever in for us in New York City where tourism stops. Tourism World Cup. World is Cup. the World Cup. Is when tourism stops. Mm. There's no, like, we don't get. A single tourist. Such a melting pot, right, of all different cultures from it's around a, the world. Big. So it's like, you know, from the Italians to the, you know, every, everybody. Every, everybody. Everybody whose team, like, because you have to qualify for it. Right, 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 right. So everybody whose country makes it, it's, we don't see those, we don't see those countries in our stores for however long. It's, uh, it's cool. So you're into soccer. Do you like football, hockey? Um, 
or American football rather. You know, I used to, I used to watch it when I was when I was in high when I was younger. But I like I said, once I got into like fighting stuff, like that's that's all I watch unless nice. it's the World Cup. Yeah. Or. Uh, summer Olympics, I get into it too. What do you like in the Summer Olympics? Of course, I like the combat things, you mm -hmm. know. But you know, I like track and field. I like I like all the, you know, a nice. lot of you know, all the, even swimming. I watch all the stuff, you know, gymnastics, you know. Like I'm never looking to watch it, but right? Like, whenever it's on, I'll get super into volleyball. Almost like like last time, someone just had it on. It happened to be volleyball, yeah, whatever that yeah, was. Yeah. And I was like, I am, I am into, I am into this. <laughs> like I start picking sides. Like I'm. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's cool. It's, you know, because it's like, man, you spend your whole life pretty much, right, getting to this point to make mm -hmm. to make the Olympic team, and then you go to the Olympics. You know, just like it's 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 pretty uh, it's, it's special. Yeah. Special and uh, representing your country. You think jujitsu will ever make it to the Olympics? I mean, right, like the IBJJF. You know, if you do the rules things, right, their goal is not to go to, the, to not be an Olympic sport. Huh. Because they want to keep the self-defense, like martial art aspect, right? Like, like have it be real to a fight. Whereas judo turned to, you know, it used to be more like Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah. But his goal was to make it more spectator-friendly, so he took away this, the ground stuff, right? There's Jigar yeah. Kano, the founder of judo. Uh, so he took away the ground, the ground stuff to make it more, you know, throwing more spectator-friendly. And so they maybe they lost a little bit of, you know, the true nature. And that's why the Gracies, when they came out in the '90s, like, you know, they were like. They they kept the essence of it really, you know. Interesting. That were the stuff that really works, and you know, if you look at old, old judo videos, they're doing X guard and they're doing all this like you know this higher level stuff, right? Yeah. So uh, so uh, yeah, uh, do I think it's going to be in the Olympics? I mean, the the sheik and different people have invested in, in it going to the Olympics, right? There's different people that yeah. are investing, um, and the feel of grappling, like different people wanted to go to the Olympics. So I I think I think in some form, you know. I think in some cool. form, you know, I think maybe some gra like a grappling or I don't know, something like that. I mean, it's becoming so popular that it is. It's becoming so popular. I mean, like even like the, uh, the judo federation, they have to have like a Niwaza, like a ground kind of federation mm -hmm. because people, they don't, they're doing jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu so much. Right. Uh, that and they're not some going to the, you know, to the judo. Right. So it's, it's jujitsu is growing so much. I mean, this last master worlds. I mean, there was like I think eight nine thousand people there. Whoa, we had a lot. Of, I was at the athletes. store all weekend. Whoa, athletes. I wanted to do master. I got so excited when I turned thirty. I was like, thank God, <laughs> I don't have to compete against these like seventeen year old prodigies anymore. <laughs> Jesus, uh, like uh, I didn't know. I, I think we want to be involved in Master Worlds. Yeah, um, for sure. Next yeah. year, yeah, that'd it be should cool. be. But I also want to. I want to not only sponsor, but I also want to compete. In it. Uh, um, I've never. I haven't competed in years, and I. I think it would be cool. I've never competed against someone my age, so that would be dope. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it's tough. It's good. It's good. It's maybe good. I can nice. hold out to make it to Masters two, and I'll be even better. <laughs> but the. It's, it's a lifestyle, uh, right? So it's like it's cool because it, you can always you can always keep doing it. You know, yeah, oh, different yeah. age, different age groups, and it's a lifestyle, right? Yeah, I mean, like I was saying to you earlier, like I haven't put on a gi in like three years, but train this morning in a gi and fine it's totally fine my, my face looks a little closer to freddy krueger than normal but like i'm it was fine uh it's like riding a bike with um you know people trying to choke you but it was it was fun so it is a lifestyle i i intend to do this for the rest as long as i have limbs uh and hips i will 100 percent be training for the rest of my life but it's what i love about events like adcc or master worlds mm. is when you get to talking to people 
The only thing that sucks is that they have to have be very quick conversations because right, there's right, so right. many people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all the walks of life. That's the cool part, especially at Master Worlds where it's mostly adults. Mm. You know, it's all, all adults. Um, cool to see what people do for a living and what people, uh, like what their journey was kind of. You know, like you're out here competing. You likely flew out here for this. And, you know, this is a huge part of your life, but you're also like, I don't know, small business owner or uh, like a doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, that's always so cool to me. And that's always what I bring up to people who are ignorant of that in the store. They're like, yeah, but like, I can't train. I'm a, I'm a this. I'm like, oh yeah, that's weird because I have 18 of those who shop in our LA store. Like, it's oh, I'm a college student. I'm like, cool. I can tell you some gyms I know give like breaks to college students. Like, there's always a way. It's my, it's my goal to make everyone train because I'm a firm believer that if everybody trains some sort of combat sport, this would be a substantially better world. For sure, 100. percent Yeah, like, um. I, I firmly also believe that everyone should get hit in the face once, at least once, you know, and at least once, at least once, just to know what it feels like, just yeah. to get checked a little bit. Yeah. Uh, if there's anything I'm good at, it's getting hit. I'm so good <laughs> at getting hit. Um, so like more, humi more humility, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's like, but striking is newer for me. So like jujitsu I've been doing for almost nine years now. Mm. Uh, striking really is seriously like sparring frequently and stuff like that. Seriously striking, I've only really done a f I, for five years, you know? So it was sparring and all of it. And I'm still very, it's cool to suck, but like the difference, you know, sucking at jujitsu doesn't feel great, but you could tap. Sucking at striking, you just keep getting hit. Brain damage. Oh my God. Uh, you know, I'm not there yet, but, it, you know, defense, yeah, yeah, dude, CTE is real, but like, uh, you know, man, like the bang Muay Thai that we do here, mm -hmm. it's really cool, right? Because I feel like it's, you know, it's like drilling, right? But you get the spatial awareness, you know, you need to spar too, of course, but it really teaches you, I think it helps you, you know, get that special, spe uh, spatial awareness, right? And learn combos and things like that, oh, you know? I love it, you know, it's like. And the like, movement, you know, with the, with the, with the striking. Yeah, I think it's fantastic, yeah. you know. Dutch uh, style, right? Like, um, it's Muay Thai. I like all with uh, all the new with all the you know MMA stuff mixed in. And so the I, I think Dwayne it, Dwayne Bang style. Yes. So like I like the I think that style Muay Thai transitions so well into MMA, mm -hmm. um, and it's cool to see it done at at its like highest level. You get mm -hmm. a guy like TJ Dillashaw. Yeah, yeah. You watch him just won the UFC championship. Right? Yeah, Straight it's up unreal. With the combos. Like seeing it all in Thai. real time. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's funny like Andy. <laughs> Andy the other day goes like, like all right guys we're gonna we're gonna like, throw a two so I'm like okay so I threw a cross and he's like no 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 this is a two body Holland and I'm like all right what I'm like I'm just gonna watch everybody mm -hmm. but he, when he explains it yeah I'm like wow that's if I was your opponent fighting you and I was listening to your corner and I heard you know throw the two or two body I'd you know maybe drop my hands a little lower because mm -hmm. I'm thinking you're gonna throw a cross to my my stomach but no, there was a series. A two, it was a series of punches mm -hmm, uh, and kicks, and it was dope. And then the footwork was cool. Yeah. And what Andy was really good about was anytime I stepped too far or too close, he corrected me every mm -hmm. time. And then he made me do a southpaw, which literally short circuited my brain, um, which I also very much enjoy because yeah. I think everyone. I mean, it's uncomfortable, and I can. I definitely. I'm I'm not terrible orthodox, you know. My striking's gotten a lot better than five years ago, but I am horrible southpaw. And like even 
five years in, I can imagine getting a guy who's been striking for well, two decades, who's never done southpaw, mm -hmm. who would look just like I did on Monday, uh, being like, I'm not going to do this, more of like an ego thing, but I say, fuck it. You know, it's awesome to know how yeah. to fight. And then you see yeah. guys like TJ who can switch stances so mm -hmm. fluidly and be as dangerous from orthodox or southpaw, and that's a reflection of Bang Muay Thai. I think mm -hmm. that's, it's dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty pumped and, you know, proud to have known Dwayne and just see him work himself in the fight game, you know, him fighting and stuff and doing yeah. the things that he's done. You know, he would have been uh, the lineal UFC champ, you know. He should have, you know, because he knocked out Jens Pulver uh -huh. in this organization because Jens Pulver, they took him out of the, I think they stopped the lightweight division in the UFC. Lightweight. Lightweight. He fought at, at lightweight, you know, uh -huh. Jens Pulver. And then yeah. he beat, uh, who did he beat? BJ Penn, mm -hmm. I think, right? Yeah, BJ Penn. Yeah, he beat BJ Penn. It was like a super upset because BJ Penn was just, you know, phenom, right? The yeah. phenom. And then uh, Jens Pulver, you know, he left the UFC. They cut the division, I think. Hmm. And then Dwayne fought Jens Pulver out of the UFC organization, this thing called TKO, I believe, and knocked him out, knocked out Jens Pulver because Jens Pulver was the more of a, he was well-rounded, but, like, he would knock people out too, right? Wow. Striker. Yeah, well. so he could have been right, you know. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud, you know. I'm proud to no, that's great. knowing him and see, seeing him, you know, like ups and downs out over the years, and and then just his brain, the way he thinks. I, I'm, I'm a big fan. He's a phenomenal coach. Like that's <laughs> when I came into smart, you know, like smart. doing all this stuff, and yeah. then also uh, being like the mega fan. I, I don't think there's a UFC or UFC I've missed. Period. Mm -hmm. It's funny when you get guys in the store who are like. There's hard. so many now, you know. There's so they, many. Back in the days, was like, I, you know, you never miss one, but. Yeah, now there's I mean, just so many. It's that's the beauty of having you. Like, you gotta come to the store, but we have like a hundred foot projector that's constantly oh, wow. playing fights. Okay, okay, constantly in the store. So we always put we on play live them fights. Stuff. Oh, we always we put them on live. Oh wow! I also make sure to buy the pay per view on the store's accounts mm. so they can play the pay per view the next day. Cool. Uh, which is just a cool thing. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah, notice yeah. it, great. If you don't notice it when yeah, you're shopping, yeah, yeah. like also the little great. things, right? But it's uh, that's cool because I would miss them all because I'm always in the store on the mm, weekends. Mm. Um, Thank God for that projector. So I don't. But even boxing, too. So it's that with boxing, there is genuinely, there is no, like, UFC, like, like uh, major, like, promotion that's bigger than them all. Mm. Boxing, they're all pretty decently sized promotions, like the top, the yeah, top yeah, one. Yeah. So it's hard to keep up. Sometimes I'm like, oh, shit, there's boxing on tonight? Like... During the ADCC, right? There was the Triple G and that, and, yeah. and uh, who else was going on that night? Oh my, dude, uh, that uh, UFC, weekend, right? Yeah, it was the UFC, Triple G and Canelo, ADCC, and then the Raiders playing on Sunday. Yeah. The fact that any of us found <laughs> hotel rooms for under a million dollars. They had a rodeo too, right? That oh, their rodeo. Uh, uh, so event. the hotel, we didn't know we were going to be there, so we didn't have like a hotel. So <laughs> Pat, my business partner, was going to ADCC anyway, so he had a hotel. So me and Alex, our videographer, end up at this hotel called the Orleans, like a little bit further. Not bad. I won't be honest. Not bad for the price on a weekend like that, yeah. where most hotel rooms I looked were like a thousand dollars a night, like that last minute. Mm -hmm. Not bad. You know, it was clean. It was dated, but it was clean. The restaurants were good. They had this one like pub food kind of like American style restaurant. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Uh, table minimum on a Saturday night was fifteen dollars. I might stay at the Orleans going forward forever. Um, it was, uh, it was, um, it was really funny, but the, it's the, everything that could go on that weekend was, and then when we got there, we found out there was also 
a um, what are they like physique like bodybuilding? bodybuilding. Is it bodybuilding when they're like going up there like what Arnold Schwarzenegger used uh, to do? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, like the body competition. I don't right, know what it's right, called. Right. Um, yeah, bodybuilding. Yeah, like bodybuilding. Uh, yeah. Uh, whatever. There was a Contest, bunch. Yeah. There was one of those going on. Okay, championship. All of them were staying in our hotel. Okay, okay. So like all of these men and women are both so tall and in shape. What is happening? And then we asked. Well, I asked one of them, and it was like it was a bodybuilding competition. Uh, it was cool. I mean, nice. everything that could be going on was going on. Oh, also, the Orleans has free valet. Boom. I'm saying, Boom. not bad, man. Boom. Not bad for an off-strip hotel. <laughs> At first, I thought we were, we were likely to get murdered, and then we moved, then we got there, and I was like, okay, it's, it's actually not bad. Man, go back to the store. What kind of things do you have? We specialize in boxing, Muay Thai, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, MMA, and wrestling, and non-douchey apparel. <laughs> and everything you could so possibly MMA need. gloves, all yeah. your Muay Thai, boxing, shin pads. Uh-huh. Every uh, brand that you want, period. Like, but like everything is down to ankle supports and finger tape and arm bar soap to arm like, soap. Uh, you know, hand, you know, my favorites when someone comes in, they're like, do you guys sell hand wraps? Like we'd be the worst fucking fight shop on earth if we didn't sell hand wraps. But like everything you can possibly need from the brands you want, uh, that, that you want. Mm-hmm. So the, the, um, as these sports get bigger, come a lot of there's a, so many new boxing glove brands out there and uh you know not all of them are great so like we're really good at finding the and except for like the cleto reyes is in the winnings mm-hmm. and the rivals like mm-hmm. those brands are proven but like we're really good at finding really high quality stuff for mm-hmm. what is some good up and coming up and coming uh brands that I mean, uh, Super Rare is one, but uh, mm-hmm. as far as like, I, I really like the half sumo. Stuff. You guys make boxing gloves. Oh yeah, so Super Rare is a brand. We don't just carry our own stuff, but we make gis, no gi stuff, uh, like spats, shorts, rash guards of all different designs mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, make gloves, various different kinds of gloves at all ranging price points. What's cool about our stuff is that if we charge you ninety nine bucks for a glove. Uh, that's all handmade buffalo mm. leather, like injection mm. mold foam, like the very high, like most brands would charge you mm. like 120 to 150, but we're able to charge much, much less, which is why people really like our stuff because the value is un- unreal. You can get a really high, high end glove for a hundred or below. Uh, we also make high end stuff. We do, we have a whole line uh, of gloves that are handmade in Milan, Italy. Oh, wow. That are, those are designed to compete with like the Reyes and the winnings are on that level of quality. Um, I use those. I happen to really like those. The uh, but I really like as far as other brands are concerned because uh, I really like Half Sumo. I think they do a Half lot of cool. Sumo. Yeah, if you're unfamiliar, they're uh, based out of New York. They're Henzo guys, and they are very kind. But Luigi, the guy who I think he owns it, uh, he's the, definitely the artist for it. Mm. He is very talented. He does cool stuff. Mm. Um, I, re- I I've I've always liked the guys from Moya. I think they Moya. make. I think they make really solid quality geese. We've just started making and carrying more of our own geese because mm. we can charge less. And you know, if you know, brand A charges hundred and ninety eight dollars for their ghee, like mm. so do we. Like we mm. have to. So um, if we can save people some money, because mm-hmm. uh, times are tough. You know, gas is seven dollars a gallon again. I just saw. <laughs> uh, and groceries are more expensive. Everyone's stocks are down. So if we can, you know, people like our geese. If we can make our own and charge way less than anyone else, then why not? But mm-hmm. I really like the Moya stuff. Their quality is there. They're worth every penny. Um, and 
Yeah, th those are my two favorite brands. They just happen to be jujitsu brands. Right now, glove-wise, in my opinion, outside of our stuff, there aren't too many. Oh, oh, I mean, there's one brand that we don't carry. I don't think we'll ever be able to carry because mm. uh, he can't make, Trevor Whitman can't make enough of them, but mm. Onyx makes a mm. wonderful product. Um, I mean, if he could, I don't know if he can. If he hears this, dude, mm. I, I happen to really like his gloves. That's like one glove uh, or brand we don't carry, I think, where he really does a very good job. Um, at making quality products. Um, his boxing gloves, his MMA gloves, um, they're very good. But outside of that, like, there's a lot of new brands, but the thing is is that it's really easy to go to a uh, factory in Pakistan and have them just put your logo on, like, a template they have mm -hmm. and then call yourself, like, a boxing glove brand. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more nuance to it, and you, you could do that, but, you're, you know, that's a lot of what's happening, and it's, uh, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay. Yeah, you know, like, but again, I really like our gloves. A lot of people do, but some people will hate them. You know, not every glove is for everybody, which is back to what I was saying before. That's why we exist. My staff will never push our glove on you ever. You know, if you like it and it fits you well, then yeah, get it. It's the best value for sure in any price point. You know, if, if we charge 130 for a glove, that glove would likely be 160 to 180 from a whatever brand. So we, uh, that's why we exist. I always tell people, like if, especially since I, we like to play compare and contrast, put like one glove on one hand, a different brand on another, and whatever weight they're looking for, ask them like how it feels, anything feel a little different. And I always have to tell them, it won't hurt my feelings if you don't like the super rare one. It's okay. You know, like not everything's for everybody, man. Right, right. So it's like, uh, that's why we're here. You know, so it's, um, but yeah, some brands I like have sumo and moya. Why not just be online? Why have a store? That's a golden question, man. Because uh, that's something I appreciate, you know, because I, I can't imagine that it's just it's a lot more work and just I mean, ridiculous, right? I mean, I mean compared to why, um, why? Because that's the beauty of it, you know. Like other websites sell combat sports shit, but who's gonna have the balls to open up a combat sports store on fucking Melrose Avenue? We do, you know. <laughs> like, but like one of the coolest. You know, we didn't realize kind of how that would impact people who've been in this game mm. longer than we have. So, like, I've become friends with a guy named Ernie Reyes Jr., mm. who I happen to love. Um, I recognize nobody, literally ever. Um, so he, he he told me he was in our fitting room. We have a Surf Ninjas, like, uh, photo in our uh, fitting room. And he pointed, I was like, oh, shit, dude, that's you. That's amazing. He's a sweetheart of a human. Mm. Um but he said to me, he goes, dude, you have no idea how cool it is to me growing up over here to have a fight store on Melrose. And mm. I was like, I'm from New York. And like, that's not why we opened up here, but that's awesome to me that that is, you know, his, you know, his, he thinks that's cool, you know, and other people have said that to me also. Like, it's so you guys have, a, it's cool to see like combat sports make it to like a trendy street like yeah, Melrose. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's. Awesome. Same thing with the Lower East Side. Like, where we're open in the Lower East Side is essentially the New York equivalent to uh, Melrose. You know, it's like, um, you know, it's a little gritty, but also high-end at the same time mm -hmm. in, like, a weird way. A lot of, like, uh, a lot of, like, hype beastie stores, but a lot of restaurants. Mm -hmm. And so it's, like, the same, but New York. You know, it's, like, it's a little different and cold sometimes. But the... Yeah, I mean, it's like that's the have the stores to have the connection, you know, the like, connection. 
people know connect this with the about community me. connect with the people yeah it's one thing you order from us online maybe you'll send me an email and we'll interact that way but if i can chew your ear off in my store and just help you with gloves i've been told i'm a great salesman i haven't even started selling people shit yet i've been involved in super for eight years and i'm just passionate I just love this shit. And I'm excited that you love this shit too. So like, let's be best friends. Mm -hmm. But people are like, you're a great salesman. I'm like, I didn't even start selling you shit. I'm just answering your questions and having a conversation with you. Um, you just wait till I start selling you shit. Then you're, then you're screwed. <laughs> but they, you know, the stores are a big part because it helps us connect with the community. And for a store like us, who's like mantra is that we are a part of the combat sport community. Mm. It would kind of be, it would be hard for us to get that point across and really, really uh, share our passion for combat mm. sports uh, without the stores. You know, is it definitely harder? Oh yeah, absolutely. But like, you could just go online, but then you lose your, I don't wanna say street cred, cause we've been doing this for long enough where we know enough people, but you kind of lose your street cred because that's really where all your competition is, is online. Mm -hmm. And people have a ton of options. Um, but in store in New York, we're it, like I was saying. But like again, we built this whole business on honesty and integrity. So like, doesn't matter if we're it or not. But like out here, we have like competition, if you want to call it that. Uh, but you know, like they're not a part of the community. Like we're a part of the community. So it's uh, to me, it's a big difference maker. To me, it's just and it's fun, man. Like being in the store, talk, like seeing kids. You know, ugh, this is the one. I meet so many little killers, man. You see this kid, like, oh, like, how old are you, man? He's like 15. Like, you, how have, you have kid stuff as well? Yeah. Um, we sold out of kids' gloves, but we just got them back in in New York, and they're on their way to L.A. now. Okay, okay. But the, uh, you'll get this kid. Like, when I say kid, I mean, like, 15. But like, oh, how old are you, dude? And he's trying on headgear. I'll be like, he's like, oh, I'm 15. Like, oh, how long have you been boxing for? 14 years. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> you learned how to walk and box at the same time. We get a lot of those in there too. And that's just cool, man. And getting to interact with parents uh, who see my passion for it or like uh, the best is when you get like a concerned mother or father mm. or father, and they're like, you know, well, I get like, will this make my kid more violent? Like, absolutely not. Mm. Like the opposite. Kids who know how to fight don't fight. It's plain and simple. You know, general, like the vast majority say, um, you know, kids who are confident, don't have anything to prove or not going to go start fights in the schoolyard. Right. You know, and God forbid they have no choice but to defend themselves. You should be even more comfortable knowing that they can, mm. especially if it's something like jujitsu, which, mm. you know, you don't necessarily have to really hurt somebody to, you know, wait for a teacher to come or something right, like right. that. So, like, to have those connections and build those kinds of relationships, that's important. You know, there's a lot of brands online, a lot of them. Yeah. But they're not sure. sitting you know, across from Alberta, Ukraine. <laughs> you know? Well, thank you, brother. Thank you for all you guys do. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate uh, your passion and, you know, integrity, but all the things that you guys give the community, you add value to the community. And uh, I love it. That's I love so it. Kind and the fact that say. you came in and trained, right? And yeah. then I was like, oh, man, hey, how's it going? And, you know, before I knew it was like 10 minutes in, right? I was like, oh, man, let's do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Here we are. You know? <laughs> so I appreciate, I appreciate the value you bring to, to our community. And uh, how can people find you? Um, people can find, if you think I'm cool, you can find me at Dylan spelled like Bob D Y L A N super rare. Uh, but it would be super rare shop on Instagram, uh, which is S U P E R A R E shop S H O P or super rare shop.com, 
We have two stores if you guys are in New York City or L.A. Um, New York City is on Orchard Street in the Lower East Side. And Los Angeles is on Melrose Avenue um, between Poinsettia and Fuller. Come say hello. Uh, we are very friendly. Thank you so much, brother. Alberto, thank you, man. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs>